Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Y'all ready for the Word of God this morning? Come on, let's go. I want you to grab your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 6. I bring the house lights up just a little bit. And if you're able to, I want you to remain standing uh, just in honor of the Word of God today. We're going to read through this passage, and my hope and prayer is that it's going to speak to you today. I know it will, because uh, God's always speaking. It's just a question as if we're listening. If I could turn the house lights up just a little bit real quick so people can follow along. In the reading, Ephesians 6, verse 10, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say power. And in his mighty power, not yours, but his. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I think it's all about time that the church takes a stand. I think feel like the church has been sitting back, sitting down, just watching the world go to hell in a handbasket. For our struggle, say our struggle, which means it's a fight, it's a battle. Do not be surprised when the devil comes after you or your family or your life. Do not be surprised. Our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against the brother on your right or the sister on your left or the person in the White House or the person down the street from your house, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In other words, saying, you got to fight a different game. you got to fight at a different level. It's not by what you see. It's about what you see with your spirit. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul's talking about a spiritual warfare that's going on. He's saying our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, against rulers, against powers, against authorities in this dark world. Some translations say principalities in this dark world. And it's my hope that through this message, And actually over the next four weeks, and who knows if we're going to go beyond that, leading up to hear the sound, I feel like it is my mandate to be able to equip the church for the spiritual battle that we have ahead. Not just for hear the sound, but even for our daily lives. I believe that we're not to be ignorant, but we are supposed to be spirit-filled believers walking in the power and the strength of the spirit. Not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday and a Tuesday. And so I want to be able to lay out in this new series that we're calling Winning Where It Matters. Winning Where It Matters. Because how many of y'all know you can win in the flesh, but if anyone in the spirit, it doesn't really matter. Right, so we're going to be talking about this. I'm going to be sharing some things about my heart and what I believe about God and his spirit and his church. 
I'll preface this, that some of the things that I share today, you may not agree with. And you may have a different perspective. I'm going to share with you what I know to be true throughout the scriptures. And if you have a deferring view, I'll be by the door. I would love to have a conversation with you. I've had it before. I've had it with cessationists. I've had it with Calvinists. I've had all sorts of different conversations. Some that have rocked my faith. Some that have solidified my faith. And sometimes in order to be convinced or in order for your life to be confronted, you have to be presented the truth. So it's my hope today that we don't hear a man's opinion, but we actually hear what the Word of God says about us and His church today. So this is what we're talking about today. If you're taking notes, write this down. And actually, I want you to say this after me. This is what we're talking about today. Say this after me. Say, in this house, we believe. In this house, we believe. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, would you speak through me this morning? God, let it not just be a message that was prepared and just by man's own willingness and duty. Lord, I, I know that you desire to speak to your people today. So let it be your voice, not mine. This is your vessel today. Lord, and I pray that you would open our eyes to see you today. Open our ears to hear you. God, we're hungry for you. Right now, church, if you're hungry for the word of God and for him to speak to you today, would you open up your hands and say these words after me? Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the word of God this morning. Come on. Amen. We're going to go right for today. In this house, we believe. In this house, we believe. This would be a good message to take notes on. Uh, we're not going to have the time to dive into all the different scriptures, but I will have references, and we'll have them a little bit on there, but you can dive into them later. Uh, in this house, we believe. In this house, we believe. What do you believe about the supernatural? What do you believe about the spiritual realm? Do you know that you are more than just this physical body that you see here with your naked eyes? You are actually a spirit being, and actually there is a spiritual war going around us every single day, every hour of every moment. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. What do you believe about the supernatural? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 2, 4. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Say Spirit's power. It wasn't with wise words. It wasn't with the fancy message. It wasn't with the great illustration. I like all that stuff. Y'all believe I like a good illustration. I like a nice message. But who all knows that it's not about that as much as it is about a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Say Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. It's not about the wisdom that I have. Everyone wants to come to church to hear something new. Well, I don't like going to that church. They just tell me what I already know. Sometimes you need to be reminded of what you already know and encouraged to walk in it thereof, not about finding something new. To be able to set your eyes on God, help me to live what I know. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm going to be sharing with you the power of the Holy Spirit. Not about the wise and persuasive words. I could woo you with the message. But what I know is that what something begins with is what it has to be sustained by. And if something started with cookies in the lobby, and you came to, to church because you like the music, the moment the music changed or the moment the cookies changed to gluten-free, you're going to have a problem. Because what something starts with is what it is sustained by. See, this house, this house has a great house, and it, it has great music. 
But it's not built on the music as good as it is, and it's rocking sometimes. This house will not be built on our great kids' ministry. Although our kids' ministry is awesome, this house will not have been built upon the friendliness and the welcome home environment, although we crush it. No, this house, what we believe, these things that we are talking about are all supplementary to the main thing, and that is an encounter with the one true God which no one can deny. The power of God in our lives. Because what something is done by, it is sustained by. If you start it with worship, it's sustained by worship. But my desire as a pastor isn't to woo you with something great, but to lead you into the power and the presence of God. And to teach you how to have that daily encounter, not just on a stage or in an auditorium, but in your car and at your home and on the sidewalk and in the park and at your schools. It's about encountering the presence and the power of God. I don't want our church to be known for its social media presence, although that's good. All these things can be good and are good, but the main thing has got to me the main thing. Not that we should go, not that we should be good at all these and all these things at what we do. We should be good at them. But we cannot do is supplement what we do for who we are going to encounter. All these things are good. The preaching's good. The seats are comfy. The systems we have are needed for follow-up, to be able to stay in touch and in community and groups are good. But none of it replaces encountering the power and the presence of God. What comes to your mind when you hear a demonstration of the Spirit's power? Paul says it's not with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I need you to ask yourself right now, what comes to my mind when I hear a demonstration of the Spirit's power? Is that a belief that was placed on you by someone else? A commentary that you read? Or was it something that you read in the Word of God? An encounter that you had with the Holy Spirit? What comes to your mind when I say a demonstration of the Spirit's power? That word power is the word dynamis. It's a Greek word. It's a word used to describe strength, ability, raw power. Universally, it's an inherent power, a power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. See, when I hear you hear, hear nature, I'm not talking about your sinful nature. I'm talking about the power of God that lives inside of you. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same power that we have access to on a daily basis. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Not mine, but his. To him be the glory. Not me be the glory. Not you be the glory. But to him be the glory. In the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He's able to do immeasurably more. According to what? The power that is at work where? Oh, I'm looking for some feedback. I know I'm like yelling, but I'm just passionate. I'm passionate. I'm sincere. I'm not mad. I'm just excited. Where's this power at? Put, throw that verse back up there. Maybe that's why he didn't respond, because I got to take it down. Where's this power at? It's right here. Within us. Who's that? That's me. That's you. 
Not the guy with the mic, but the person that has the spirit inside of them. You're just seeing a different method of delivery. It's the spirit that's inside of you. Whose power? God's power. His power. Not ours. Given to us, though. For good works that he's prepared in advance for those, prepared in advance for us to walk into and for us to do. What is his power that lives in us? See, I like to believe what the Bible says about the power that's in us. Not people's experiences or about their lack of the power that they may see. I base my belief in this house, I believe, based off of what he said and what I've encountered that lines up with what he said. Not about a commentary I've read, not about a person's perspective, but about what the Holy Spirit has written through the inspired word of God. Right? That's my belief. That's what it's going to be based off of. I've been there. I've done that. I've had those conversations. And I've come out the other side even more solidified in my faith. The power of God. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Leave this up here. He needs to remind you to fan into flame, which means that you can extinguish it too. And it's my fear that the global church outside of the United States understands the fanning into the flame, but the Midwestern church, guys, we got to get this back. We got to fan into flame this gift. And sometimes you have extinguished it because of something that someone said about you. Maybe you stepped out in a word of faith that you felt like was a word of prophetic that you're preaching over someone or sharing with someone. Maybe it was a word of healing that you wanted to give to someone through the power of the Holy Spirit that rests in you and you got wounded so then you put it on the shelf and you let it be extinguished. He says to fan in that flame. He says because the Holy Spirit does not give us a a timid spirit but one us power, love, and self-discipline. Power, that's dynamis. Again, love, agape, and self-discipline, saphorimus, it's Greek, okay? Give me a break. So it's power, love, and self-discipline. What I see as a church is we look at the power of the Holy Spirit, oh, well, that's the power to live a self-disciplined life. Not for the power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not for the powers of prophetic, not for the powers of healing, not for the powers of word of knowledge. Not for the powers of speaking in tongues. It's not for any of those. Oh, it's for the powers of self-discipline. Why does Paul have those three distinctions then? Power, love, and of self-discipline. Why does, he, why does he distinguish power from those? Because there's a different type of power that is beyond your sound mind, your disciplined mind, your ability to love people that offend you. There's a different type of power that I want the church to tap into today. It's not just for love or self-discipline. It's another power that works in us and through us. We need this power. I petty the believers that do not believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to push back the darkness and for them to live an empowered life. And I think Paul warns Timothy of some of these. These people that have an appearance of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. It's not just about looking the part, my friend. And about having your desires under control. It's about being a force to reckon with in this dark world. Paul says it in this, 2 Timothy 2.3. Having a form of godliness but denying his power have nothing to do with such people. Because what they're doing is they're saying, oh, well, God doesn't work like that anymore. 
God's just about the good preaching of the word and good music and good prayers. I don't know about you, but I know a God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that it doesn't make sense for him to begin it with one way and not sustain it the same way. Well, that was just to start the church, Pastor Eli. I've had those conversations. I've had them. And all I see is a person that lives a self-centered life. Because if I'm going to give something to someone else, i got to give something that I don't have quite yet. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through me. John and Peter understood this. Gold and silver I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. It was something that was given to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I see a bunch of castrated Christians walking around, preaching about the good news, but having, having these persuasive messages, but no demonstration of the Spirit's power. So the moment that is confronted, people question their belief. Well, demons aren't really real anymore. They were kind of bound when Jesus died on the cross. And I don't know about you, but I've seen some demons. You'd have to be hiding under a rock over the last three years to not believe in the power of the devil and what he's trying to do in and throughout this world. See, Jesus said this in John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing. What does that mean? Oh, well, that's like just the preaching of the gospel. And I'm using this voice because, guys, I've had these conversations, and it breaks my heart to not see a believer live in power. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of Jesus Christ in you. That's what God desires for you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. What's that mean? That means he's going to the Father. He's going to send his spirit. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Oh, but you see, Pastor Eli, that was for a different time. It was for the establishment of the, the church. You know, now that the perfect has come and, 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 and the completion of the scripture, this is the argument that cessationists have. People that believe that the gifts of the spirit have ceased within the church. Right? This is the argument that they have. This is the completion of scripture. I've had these conversations, and they take from 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Keep in mind, the devil will not use a lie to, to, to convince you that the truth is not true. He will use a partial truth to deceive. It's a partial truth. It's a glass of water with a little bit of poison. Just enough to say, hey, have an appearance of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So they use this verse, love never fails. And I'm not saying they use this verse. I'm saying that I believe that they are deceived. Guys, and we cannot live deceived. The Holy Spirit is here ready, willing, and able to give you the power of the Holy Spirit right here, right now. This was a conversation I had back in high school. This was a, a pastor came up to me, and I was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know, that's not for today anymore. And he said this. It was, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. They use that to say, hey, this is why prophecy isn't around anymore. This is why tongues isn't even real anymore. But I don't know about you, but within the same thing, it says where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And to my knowledge, we're still learning a whole lot of things right now. See, Paul isn't talking about here on earth. He's talking about in heaven. 
He's saying there's not going to be need for a prophetic tongue. There's not going to be need for a word of prophecy. Why? Because we're going to know all things. There's not going to be a need for knowledge. Why? Because we're going to know all things. There's not going to be need for tongues. Whether prayerful language or the interpretation of tongues. Why? Because we're going to know all things. He's talking about a time to come. He says, when the when it, greater things, sorry, I'm on the wrong verse, sorry. When completeness comes, to my knowledge, we're not complete yet. God help us if this is complete. Because I'm pretty imperfect. But then they say, well, it's the completeness of the Bible. All right, let's just keep reading because it's important when you get shared a verse to keep reading it within context. Verse 12 says, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So he can't be talking about now. He's talking about now, and he's talking about then. He's talking about now, I will know even as I am fully known. All the hairs on my head. How many hairs do you have on your head? You don't know. You don't know. He's saying now I don't know, but then I will. He's talking about the perfection that's in heaven, not the perfection down on earth. So I need you to know today that if you've been shared this verse, you have been given partial truth about the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that verse, if you're shared it within that context, is out of context. The gifts are for right here, right now. One day the perfect will come, and we won't need them. Because we will be perfect in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? When I was in high school, I, uh, God put it upon my heart to start a Bible study. I started this Bible study. Uh, it was just me and another friend. His name was Zach Ford. It started with prayer. We started praying. We're like, hey, I think we're going to meet like on a Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. And it was just me and another guy. And then, you know, slowly we'd spread the word. Hey, guys, like, hey, let's rally together as, as Christians. And let's meet on a public school property. Can I tell you that there is land in the spiritual realm? And wherever you place your foot there, he will give you, not in the physical necessarily. It could be in the physical, but it's definitely in the spiritual. Wherever you go, he's gone with you. He's gone before you. He's prepared a way, a pathway through the mighty waters, a way through the wilderness. He's gone before you. So when you decide to do something in your workplace or at your school, you are bringing the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness. We're stepping into a middle of the school, calling it God's house, no longer Ralston High School. But this is God's house. Why? Because the people of God are gathering here. So I was having a Bible study and. You know, I was doing well. I was talking about different topics. And keep in mind, I'm like just turned 18. And uh, I, I knew a lot about the Bible, at least for an 18-year-old. And, and uh, I was challenged on a few things in my faith. And that's all right because that's important. It helps solidify us. And, you know, so I was just sharing some things. If It was just about how to live godly at school. Really, that's all I was really talking about. Like, guys, hey, we profess to follow Jesus. It should line up with our actions, right? And so I'm teaching about these things. And it was going for about six months and uh, I had some other leaders. It got to the point where we had 45 students showing up every Tuesday. And it was in the public library. We had a teacher that would show up early, unlock the library for us, and we'd be talking there. And then this one Tuesday, I had baseball because we had baseball early in the morning. It was the first baseball that I had. And this is how the devil works is he knows when there's people not standing guard against the truth. And he'll try to come in and sneak in a lie. Because I knew what I believed about this topic. And it was the topic of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and tongues is a prayer language. And this is, a, this, is a, this is a little bit of a, there's, a, there's a, a little, I don't know how to say it, like a rough going on in Omaha about this thing. I didn't realize until I was 18. I just thought, man, I know what happened to me when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. This utterance started coming out of my mouth. So I never even questioned what the Bible said about it. 
And I was out at baseball practice early in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. It was zero hour. We had all this, and, and I, someone else was leading it. And they st- this one student just brought up, hey, so his tongue's real. And when God blessed the hearts of the leaders that were there, they only shared what they knew. Right? They only shared what they knew, and they shared a lot about experience. And can I tell you, sometimes the best thing to do is ask a lot of questions. It's asking a lot of questions because then you can actually find out where their question is coming from. When we came back, and not to say that this is a testament to, to what happened, but I know how the devil works. Next week, there was only three people at the Bible study because a, a, con, a, a conflict of belief created division amongst the body. When there should be a unity by the Spirit of God, the devil has successfully created a division. And I don't know where you stand in regards to all these giftings, and I've talked about tongues, and I've talked about things of that and that sort. But I've taken this approach now to church. In the past, I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of hesitate, you know, some of the stuff. I talk about it in certain areas and certain dynamics, and, you know, because there's some people that are coming in here that maybe they don't even believe in God. Or maybe they're, maybe they're a naturalist, and they believe that the gifts are gone, and the, the Spirit will kind of freak them out. Right, but then I hear what Paul says. It's not about wise or persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And it clicked in my head. And I wrote this down. Because when we think about what they would think, and what they would think when they came to our church, we don't want to offend them. But I got this thing for our church today, and this is where we're taking a turn right here. How about... We stop taking the approach on what they think, and we start taking the approach on what God thinks. And this is what I know, that if a good father has given something to his son and to his daughter, and they have refused to use it, I do not believe that God takes honor in that. Not only do they not refuse to use it, but then they curse it, and they call it the power of the devil. I do not find that God will take pleasure in that. And so whatever your perspective is in this, right, know as a church, the power of the Holy Spirit is real. It is real in your life. It is real in your marriage. The demonic is real in your marriage. You think that the devil doesn't want to separate you? People don't get divorced over toothpaste caps and towels left on the ground. I'm not saying your husband leaving a towel on the ground is the devil attacking your marriage. I'm saying your interpretation of it might be, he doesn't care about you. Whose thought is that? Where did that come from? How about we stop thinking about what the world thinks and start thinking about what God thinks? And I think of Paul saying in 2 Timothy, he says this, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And that's what we're going to do as a church. We're seeking to please one name. Our praise and worship is for one name. Austin's up here singing, I will follow, is for one person. Callie's up here singing, amen, is for one person. And so you need the power of God in your life. So don't worry about what other people have said and commentaries that you've read. I've been there, done that. Now I don't have my master's or my PhD and Maybe one day I'll get that. But if that shows credibility, man, I feel like we've almost taken the power of the Holy Spirit out of context because these people were not well-learned, nor were they well-known. 
but they had taken note that they had been with Jesus, right? So if I need to have a master's or a PhD to be able to convince you, that's called ad hominem fallacy. So now you discredit someone because they don't have the education. What does that even mean? I had the encounter. I'm not saying I don't need an education. It's good. You should read your Bible. Because the prophetic will line up with the word of God. And tell you what, the word of God trumps your prophetic word. That's why you got to get grounded in the word of God. But you need the power of God in your life. And it's available to you. Don't be ignorant of the devil's plan to disrupt what God is doing in your life. Don't be surprised when you get baptized and all hell breaks loose. Because you just made a choice. The devil's going to challenge that. Don't be surprised when you're going to church and all of a sudden you get this weird feeling, I just don't want to go to church anymore. The devil knows if he can isolate you, he can destroy you. Don't be surprised. I'm trying to help wake you up today. There's a spiritual battle going on for your soul. Don't be surprised when you don't want to pray anymore. I understand we all go through mountaintops and valleys. I do as well. But you are in a spiritual battle and you need spiritual strength. Don't be surprised when bad thoughts come into your head. And I tell you, there's a good chance when it's this outrageous thought, the devil has the ability to plant thoughts into your head. He can't know what you're thinking, but he can plant those thoughts into your head. Those things that are like, where did that come from? You've got to take spiritual authority over that. Why else would Paul say to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ? Because there's a war and you've got to be able to take prisoners. You've got to grab that, not dwell on it and be like, I know where that one goes. That one goes straight down here under this foot. And that foot being metaphorically Jesus Christ crushing the head of the serpent. Don't be surprised when you get those thoughts. See, and some of you are going through stuff right now. You've been letting, entertaining too many thoughts in your head. The devil talking about your worthlessness, your inability. Oh, good. It's not about my strength, but about his. Where I am weak, there he is strong. Right? Don't be surprised. Because what I found is what the devil likes to disqualify, God likes to qualify. Right? Well, God can't use you. You've been through a divorce. God can't use you. You have a wayward child. It says in Timothy and Titus. And I understand that. We do need to go through that. Right? And we need to have a conversation about that. But eventually people do come, become adults. And I want to encourage you today to stop entertaining those thoughts and to take them captive. Don't be surprised when they come. See, there's a battle going on right now. And if you have not been equipped for it, you are going to be overwhelmed by it. We talked a little bit about the armor of God, and we're going to be continually talking about that over the next few weeks. And then even after this, we're going to go to an Ephesian series. It's exciting. It's amazing. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. But what I'm afraid of is that we talk about the armor of God but it's no good unless your belief aligns with it. To be able to say it is also written, that's how Jesus confronted the devil. Get in the word of God. It's my fear that we have a bunch of Christians running around with only their helmets on, but they're naked. 
It's about time we get some, get some cleats. It says feet fitted. These are like, these are like Nike ID cleats. Like you're like, ugh, and you're gripping in good. You got a belt of truth around your waist. You breastplate of righteousness. You got your shield of faith. Those arrows coming at you, you got to get that shield and that sword of the spirit to use, which is the word of God, and taking your stand against it. You don't have to sit helplessly. You can stand equipped and ready for the battle. I have tasted and seen that these things are real. I'll have you stand to your feet. In this house, we believe. In this house, we believe. My beliefs aren't based off of assumptions, nor off of obscure passages in the Bible. But they're based off of an entire encompassing word of God from beginning to end. There's a lot of things I still need to know, and I'm excited for it. So I shouldn't be afraid of the mystery of God, but I should embrace it. And if the Holy Spirit wants to use you, let him use you, because I believe he does. God wants to see you lay hands on the sick and they become well. God wants to see you give a prophetic word about someone and something that they are going through that they had no idea that no one else knew, but the power of the Holy Spirit knew and needed to encourage someone, and he was looking for a vessel to use, and you said, here am I, Lord. Send me. Use me right in that business meeting. Use me right in that conference. God, I'll stand up, and I'll talk to my boss. I say, hey, God says your marriage is not finished. Don't get me wrong. Timing is everything. Maybe not doing that during the big business meeting. You could go and talk to him. If you get a word from God, you go, Holy Spirit, do you want me to share this now? Do you want me to pray into it? And it's my hope, even as a pastor, it's not to do the works of the ministry, but this is how I see it. I'm stewarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit in and through you. So some of you are starting to step out in some of these gifts, right? And I'm doing my best to hear from the Holy Spirit, saying like, okay, God, how does the church operate in this? How does the church function in this? Even this morning, we were in team prayer, and I looked over at Darren. Holy Spirit's like, Darren's got a prophetic word for the church. And I looked at Darren. I said, Darren, you got a prophetic word for the church? And he goes, nope. But then he's like, but when you walked away, the Holy Spirit went like, Phew, and just downloaded a prophetic word for him today. So, Darren, I want you to share that, and we'll bring it down just a little bit. I want you to come over here and share that real quick, under like 30 seconds, a minute, if you want to use that mic or not. Yeah, Go ahead and share it. Okay, check. Can you hear me? Cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Isn't God just so good? <laughs> he speaks to us. It's the biggest blessing ever. And thank you for stepping out in your obedience because then that allowed me to encounter God in a fresh way. See what that does? Um, the word was, do you know who you are? Let's sing for a second. Do you know who you are? The meaning behind that and what I think that God wants to speak to this church is, individually, do you know who you are? Is your identity strong in Christ? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to flow and work through you in a big way? Because you're not just a person that blends into the hundreds of people that sit in these seats. You're somebody that carries the Holy Spirit that actually is making a massive difference and waves in this city. And I believe, I've given my life to this church. I've been here since day one, before day one. I love this church. It's my, my favorite place to be. 
but I know the call that God has on this church, and I get to be a part of it. So today, this morning, I woke up a little bit earlier than normal, and I was reading my Bible, and I was just like, wow, why me, God? I'm a mess. I was addicted to all kinds of things. I was a freaking mess. And God chooses me to stand on this stage, bring heaven to earth. Like, holy cow, that's the best thing in the world. I don't say that to boast about me. I say that, that if God can use me and this hot mess, God can't wait to use you. But what you have to do is you have to open up your hands and say, Lord, send me. Lord, use me and watch him show up in ways you will never, ever, ever imagine. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Receive that. Yes and amen. In this house, we believe, and we're closing with this. Again, you may not believe what I believe. I am open to having that conversation. I would love to. I would, I would absolutely love to. We could get coffee. We could get something and talk about it. If you want to know more, there's people in this church that you can talk to as well. Some of the pastors as well. Some of your directors and leaders that would be able to lead you in some of this stuff. Sometimes I share, you know what? I don't know it all. But let's figure it out together. Right? So I believe anyone with any sickness at any moment can be healed in an instant by crying out to God. Or someone can have a prayer of faith over them. I believe they can also come to the elders of the church who will anoint them with oil and they will be healed. See, I believe that the gift of tongues is for today, both for interpretation and also as a prayerful language. I believe people can have prophetic visions and dreams. I believe heaven is real. I believe hell is real and people will go there, sadly. That's why we got to do our part. See, I believe Jesus will come back again riding on a white horse in the sky with eyes like fire, a tattoo on his leg, and a sword coming out of his mouth to judge the living and the dead. That's in the Bible, people. I believe that it is appointed for a person to die once and then judgment. I believe there's no other name by which we can be saved except by the name of Jesus. See, I believe that no matter what you've done, I got an extensive list, guys, so we don't want to build too quick. See, I believe that no matter what you've done, you are not too far away from God to save you. I believe that the devil is real. I believe that demons are real and that people can be possessed by demons. And as a church, we are to cast them out by the power of Jesus. See, I believe that people can be influenced by the devil to think and act according to his will and to disrupt the kingdom of life from advancing. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence and God is looking for men and women who are willing to stand up and fight alongside him. I believe that women can preach and teach and that the spirit of God is in them is the same spirit that is in men one of power and to work wonders. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still at work empowering the church to work through a demonstration of the Spirit's power and not merely words. I believe in the prophetic and that the Holy Spirit can use people to impart a word of strength and encouragement on a regular basis to God's people. I believe that prayer works and that anything can happen when God's people come together and pray. I believe that anyone can encounter the presence of God at any moment by just seeking Him and they will find Him. I believe that when someone encounters the powerful presence of God, that they can lose all strength and fall over. I believe that the church is meant to live in power and not hide from the world. I believe that the unborn should be protected and that life begins at conception. I believe that there is power in your worship and that you are not only singing a song, 
but you are releasing the kingdom of God on earth and that God resides in the praise of his people, that your shouting tears down strongholds. I believe that as a believer, you have a target on your back by the devil, but God is greater in you and will give you strength to fight. See, I believe that Adam and Eve were formed from the dust of the earth and that they were not a product of evolution. I believe that God judged the earth by a great flood and spared Noah and his family to repopulate the earth. I believe God sent a rainbow as a promise that he'll never flood the earth again. I believe that the nations were divided at the Tower of Babel and that God is uniting them under one tongue and that began at Pentecost. I believe that the day for the church to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit is today and not some distant past to establish the church, but to empower the people of God today in order to go out into all the world, making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You may call me simple. You may call me complex, but this one thing for sure, you will never be able to call me helpless because I believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and tomorrow and that he is coming back again for a church that is not ignorant of the spirit's power not afraid to walk in it thereof that is the church that will be able to stand when the day of evil comes come on do you believe that come on let's go out and worship today Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.